What is up, guys? This is your official AEW Revolution thoughts and reaction on Saturday's show, which, in my honest opinion, I thought was an excellent show from top to bottom. Like, this show is just amazing. Like, I watched it two times. Like, one live and one as of just analyzing it and taking notes on it. This was... And just re-watching it, it makes me say, this show is amazing. It's absolutely amazing. And they continue to show why wrestling is alive and well. But I am your host, the one and only Phoenix that rises from the ashes. I'm Shino D. Phoenix here. And I want to thank you for taking your time to listen to my thoughts and reaction about what I thought, like I said, was a great show. That is AEW Revolution, which was also on the same day as Evolve 145. And I watched that show as well. I had it on my laptop and I had AEW Revolution running on my PS4. Thank you, consoles, for getting AEW on this show. Hopefully they do this more often because I would gladly pay the money to buy, buy Double or Nothing and watch it on my PS4. I hope they continue to do that, not just for PS4 users, but for Xbox as well. Because I think that would be nice. That would absolutely be nice. But before we start the show, in case you missed episode 54 of the podcast, go ahead and take a listen to it. It's it's one of the most passionate episodes I've ever done. And I did a nice little rant to close that episode, so you might want to take a listen to that. Um, As you guys know, you can follow me on Twitter, ShinoDPhoenix. We are one follower away from reaching 1.5K followers on Twitter. My goal is to reach uh, 2,000. So if we reach one, like 1,500 followers, whoever you are, I'm going to shout you out and I'm going to thank you for following me. And I'm going to do the road to um, 2K follower, the road to 2K on uh, Twitter. And my dog is groaning at me because they didn't like that comment. <laughs> what? Anyway, you can find me on Twitter there. I live tweet for Raw, AEW, NXT, SmackDown, any other wrestling shows like NWA. Like, you will find me there mostly because that's how I interact with all of you guys. Um, you can find me on Instagram at CoolManSip. That is my personal Instagram. So you can follow me and I do post um, the episodes on there as well. For all you Instagram users out there. I want to try using Instagram more often. That's why. Follow, and you can like the Facebook page. I always say follow. <laughs> I don't know why. Like the Facebook page. No one's ready for wrestling. That's where um, I give you updates. And um, that's where I also post episodes for you Facebook users out there and make sure you download this up this podcast because you don't want to miss the next episode you don't want to mix you don't want to miss what I have posted for you guys and leave a five star and a positive review and feedback because it helps me grow even better because this is something that I'm passionate about this is something that I really love and and I just got one five star on iTunes, so I'm very happy for that. So let's continue that train. And let's get into AEW Revolution. We're going to start off with the buy-in between the Dark Order and SCU. 
I, I have to do it. Now, before the match, Tony Schiavone was interviewing SCU, and I remember Scorpio Sky saying, look, we just need you to stay in the back. We got this. And it let it just made me think, hmm, something could be interesting, but we all know what the outcome was going to be anyway. So, SCU, they immediately attack before the bell. You have Frankie, he hit a German suplex that folded Stu Grayson in half. And I want to mention Stu Grayson for a second. He looks... I don't know why I'm thinking this. He looks like Vega from Street Fighter with that uh, war paint hang on the side of his face. Reminds me of Vega from Street Fighter. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> now, Frankie followed it up with a spinning springboard leg drop on Stu. And <clears throat> on the outside, Frankie was about to hit a suicide dive, but Stu catches him and Uno throws him to the ring post. You had the Dark Order followers, or what I would like to say, the Dark Order putties. Like, we all know the Exalted One is near, and I guarantee you it's going to be Matt Hardy, because he is now a free agent. He could be Lord Zed in this universe. And the followers are nothing but putties, and SEU could recruit a team of Ranger. Like, they could recruit or fight off this evil force. Uh, I'm sorry, I, I have to go. I have to bring at that Power Rangers reference. I gotta do it. <laughs> anyway, Dark Order, they were in control of this match. You had Scorpio Sky. He makes the hot tag, and he runs wild on uh, the Dark Order. Sky hits a missile drop kick in the back of Uno's head, and he covers him only for a near fall. Kazarian tags in and hits a DDT, which spiked Stu Grayson. We had a double Pele kick by Stu Grayson, and we had an assisted powerbomb on Sky. Well, it was SEU with the assisted powerbomb well, by the Dark Order on Scorpio Sky for a close near fall. We had Dark Order. They were looking for the fatality finisher, but Sky escapes, and Kazarian hits a double lariat. They looked for SCU later, but Sky hits an Okada roll, and Uno, he comes out with a brutal lariat and to the back of the head. And they cover and they get the win. Now, this was good. I thought it was all right for what it was. I mean, we all knew what the outcome was going to be. Because the Dark Order's momentum is growing until the Exalted One is revealed. Which will be delightful. Yeah. Oh, ah. Oh, sorry. I, I went broken for a second. <clears throat> so, post-match, you had the Dark Order attack. And Cole Cabana. Boom, boom, Cole Cabana. Boom, boom, Cole Cabana. It's Cole Cabana. Chicago's own Cole Cabana. He tries to make the save, but the numbers game came, came to him. And then you have Christopher Daniels come out. Wearing a robe, trying to be like... Um, the um, high ministry from uh, from WWE be like, it's me, Austin. Oh, son of a bitch. It's me, Austin. It was me all along, Austin. Oh, I swear, if AEW pulls that stunt off, I'm going to be so pissed and laughing at the same time. But Daniels, he came out. He did a dive over the rope, taking out Dark Order. They retreat, and that was pretty much it. Now, Cole Cabana... It is confirmed that he has signed with All Elite Wrestling, and it is revealed that he will be 
working backstage. He will be doing commentary and he'll be performing in the ring as well. So, so, um, Mr. MJF, remember when you told Cabana that he doesn't work here? Well, um, I guess he does now. And don't take away my friend's microphone while she's conducting an interview, if you know what I'm saying. So I have to throw that nice little reference out there. I got to throw it out. But I gave this match, and I know it's going to be stretching it a little bit. I gave it a 2.75 out of 5, which means it was okay, but it could be a little bit better, you know? I thought it could have been better. So the main card opened with Dustin Rhodes versus Jake Hager. Now, I think people had an issue with this being an opener, but I didn't have a problem with this. I honestly didn't. And I got to mention Jake Hager's theme. When he came out, it sounded pretty cool. It sounded pretty cool, and it was very, very catchy. Whoever did this uh, theme for him, please send this on iTunes or Spotify. Please, please, and thank you, please. Now, he's making out with his wife. His wife was at ringside watching um, him fight. Now, Aubrey Edwards was the ref. I love me some Aubrey Edwards. She is one of my favorite referees currently in pro wrestling. And that's a God-honest truth. She is one of my favorites. Now, and you also paid attention to Dustin Rhodes' shirt. He said, it said this, I'm here to fight Jericho's bitch. (laughs) I love this. And if that's a shirt, I'm immediately buying it. (laughs) Now, they brought immediately when the bell rings, uh, when the bell rang, we had Hager, he hit a German suplex, and you had the Chicago crowd, which Chicago is amazing. They are like the kings or queens or whatever. They are the best uh, wrestling cities to be around whenever there's an event. They are, they bring their A game, they bring the energy, and they make the match feel that special. I would say it will be close to New York. Like, Chicago or New York, I think are the best wrestling crowds in the United States. But if you want to say in the world, the UK ranks number one. Now, <clears throat> we had <laughs> we had a Jericho's bitch chant galore as both men brawled in the crowd. Dustin, he shoved Hager's shoulders through the post. We had um, Hager backdrops him on the apron and Dustin... And he hits him with a brutal lariat. Now, Dustin, he... The crowd is chanting Jericho's bitch again. Hagel is working on the shoulder that... Of Rose, in which he injured. And I like that attention to detail that the commentators mentioned. Hager, taking the time to bask in his awesomeness. He blows kisses to his wife, in which she catches... Jake Hager then sends Dustin through the barricade and in the ring, he goes to his wife as she fires him up and Dustin kicks him right in front of his wife. And this was the highlight of the match right here. Hager's wife, which I don't know what her name is. She, um, she's about to, I don't know if she was about to punch him or slap him, but Dustin stops her and she kisses like, and he kisses Hager's wife and it just got a big reaction from the crowd. I loved it. I thought it was really awesome. Dustin then followed up with a snap power slam for a two count. We had Jake Hager chop blocking the knee. 
Hager looks for the Vader bomb, or what I like to call the Hager bomb. But Dustin puts his leg up and rolls him up for a two count. Now, Hager slams Dustin and hits the Vader bomb for a near fall. We got Hager hitting a gut wrench power bomb, which looked nice. And for a close near fall, Dustin Rhodes, who I believe he's 50 something years old, can pull off a beautiful cold red. He hit a picture perfect cold red for a close near fall. Dustin applies the uh, arm bar, but Hager escapes to, and he applies the ankle lock. Dustin then escapes the ankle lock and he threw Hager with his leg and he almost hit Aubrey Edwards. And you know how I feel when somebody tries to put their hands on Aubrey Edwards. Looking at you, Jericho. <laughs> Hager low blows him while Aubrey was distracted and he applies the arm choke and then we had Dustin fading and that was pretty much it. Jake Hager wins in his debut. This was a good opening match, in my honest opinion. And Hager, he looks so good. He's very, very good. And so, he's out. He celebrates with his wife on the entrance ramp. Which, by the way, the stage looks amazing. It looks absolutely amazing. And all I can say is, this was a good. Dustin's, speaking of Dustin, he's going to be moving in the tag team ranks with QT Marshalls. And... Brandy will be managing them, which I don't have a problem with. I think it's a good move. I honestly think it's a good move. So I give this a solid three out of five. I thought this was pretty good. And both of these men, they got the crowd ready for what's about to happen. I had to laugh at this. Now, before we get to the next match, they announced Blood and Guts, which is typically war games. <laughs> it's war games, but it's under Blood and Guts. So, I guess that's not going to sit well with Vince McMahon. <laughs> but I had to laugh because they took Vince McMahon's comment and they're making it a big deal on a big AEW special on March 25th. I can't wait to see that. I seriously can't wait. I can't wait to see the reaction of Vince's, uh, for Vince and his people. They're going to be like, what the hell is this? Why are they doing war games in this event? I own this. I own this. <laughs> I can imagine. I can seriously imagine. Up next, we had Darby Allen versus Sammy Guevara. These two went guns blazing. They went guns blazing. And Darby Allen, man, I said this on Twitter. I'll say it again here. The dude is a star. He is a star when you watch him perform. The crowd fucking loves this guy. He, and you know what this match shows? It shows that a secondary title is needed for AEW. It really is. And if I was booking this, Darby Allen would be my first champion. He would be my inaugural champion. If I was to do a tournament like they did with the tag teams, I would have Darby Allen. I would have Sean Spears, even though he's looking for a tag team. I could have um, Sammy Guevara, Joey Janela. Kip Sabian, I can have Brandon Cutler, Sonny Kiss, and Lance Archer. I think that would be a nice set right there. I think that would be good. But I want to know what you think. Who do you think should be in that, that tournament if that happens? Like, you go crazy with it. But this match went... As soon as Darby Allen made his entrance, he 
literally ran with his entrance attire on, no less, with that with that coat on. He ran and dived on Sammy Guevara. He hit a shotgun drop kick on Sammy right through the barricade. Guevara then comes up with a kick off the step, off the steel steps. We had Darby. He hit a suicide dive headbutt on a hanging Guevara, which looked scary as shit because it looked like he didn't even land it. Like it's like the tip of the head landed on a uh, on Sammy, but uh, it is scary because because that issue happened with uh, Lepak, who like I don't know if you guys know, but um, there was that incident in AAA where I believe it was Lepaka who took that dive and he just couldn't move at that point. But that was a scary spot right there. It was very scary. If I get it, if I got it wrong, then I got it wrong. Don't judge me. I got it wrong, and I'll admit it. Now, Sammy, he throws a skateboard and at the face of Darby Allen. And Sammy Guevara. This is where this is where I call the best spot right here. This is the best spot of this match right here. Sammy Guevara, he pulled out a table. He puts Darby in it. And hits a picture-perfect 6.30 centon right on the outside. And you know what the funny funny thing is? All of this happened. And the bell didn't even ring. The bell didn't even ring. The match didn't even start. So, (laughs) Guevara, he comes up with a running knee strike as soon as the bell ringed. Um, He goes up. Running knee strike connects. Two count. Darby Allen, he applied the gory special and did a beautiful transition with the Fujiwara armbar. That looked beautiful. On the uh, ring apron, you had Sammy Guevara. He hit a diving double foot stomp on Allen. You had back in the ring, Allen hit a picture perfect, beautiful code red. It looked fluid in motion. It looked absolutely amazing. Like Amazing Red would be so proud. He would be so proud. That was just awesome. Then we had Sammy Guevara. He hit a a beautiful looking avalanche Spanish fly. He almost tripped first, but he managed to execute it for a close near fall. Darby Allen then monkey flips Guevara on the exposed turnbuckle and into a stunner. And he follows it up with a coffin drop. And that was it. I thought this was great. And I literally put on my notes, AEW desperately needs a secondary title for this show. Which I mentioned at the beginning. But post-match, Darby was about to finish Sammy off with the skateboard. But Jake Hager comes out and he makes a save. And that was the match itself. I gave this a 4 out of 5. I thought this was great. It showcases the future of AEW's talents. And they went out there and they... Hit a home run with it. That's what I love about AEW. They hit a beautiful home run with this match. And Darby Allen, I, f- I want to mention this. Darby Allen is the modern day Jeff Hardy. That's what I see uh, Darby Allen as. Like, he reminds me of Jeff Hardy. And I look back, like, I've been following. Um, Darby Allen during his time in WWN when he was feuding with Austin Theory. That was an amazing feud, and you had Priscilla Kelly involved in the mix. That was just awesome. 
purely awesome. So, Darby Allen wins here. Great match. And I know I repeated myself. Okay? Holy shit, man. Holy shit. I, I can't even put it in words for this next match. I seriously can't put it in words because it, it just shows how tag team wrestling is alive and well. It shows that if you give it a chance and you let them go out there, tag team wrestling can be a big focal point, and this match proved it. And you guys know what I'm talking about. The Young Bucks versus Hangman Page and Kenny Omega for the AEW Tag Team Titles. I didn't want to take notes on this one, but I had to because it was my job. Because I was just too into this match. I was so into it that I just like, I don't even want to take notes at this point. So, like, this was just phenomenal. You could say anything. Like, I wouldn't stretch it and call it the greatest tag team match of all time. That's kind of stretching it. I would say it was one of the greatest tag team matches or the greatest tag team championship matches in AEW history. That's what I would say. But... It's one of the best tag team matches in pro wrestling, along with the revival in DIY at TakeOver Toronto. So these two, in my honest opinion, remain as my favorite tag team wrestling matches of all time. Well, not of all time, but one of my favorite matches from two different companies. (laughs) So Rick Knox, he's the referee. Hangman Page. Hangman Page. This guy is super over with the crowd. Like, before we went into AEW and they were pushing him to challenge for the inaugural AEW World Championship, fans were not into him that much. And then he started doing his own thing. He started teaming with Omega. He started drinking beer and he got over organically. That was some awesome shit right there. That was some awesome shit. And and I'm thinking to myself, before and after the match... I honestly don't want Hangman Page to turn, but we know it's coming. We know it's going to come eventually, but he's still going to be the coolest son of a bitch. And we can see that. (laughs) We can see that. Now, Kenny Omega, his shoulder was, uh, I believe his left shoulder or right shoulder was taped up after his match with Pac on the Go Home Show. And I'm glad that they mentioned that on commentary. Matt is looking for a handshake, but... Hangman Page, he spits in Matt's face. And Matt had that look like, I know this motherfucker did not just spit on my face after everything I did for this guy. And then he immediately takes down Hangman Page and starts to attack him. Hangman, he was about to powerbomb Matt on on the ring table, like the bell table, but... um. Kenny, being a voice of reason, tells him, don't do that, don't do that. And the crowd was not happy about it. And speaking of which, the Young Bucks, they were getting booed. Now, that could be a sign. Maybe not. I'm just guessing. We had Matt Jackson. He hit a desperation Northern Lights suplex on both Page and Omega. And he tags in Nick, who runs wild with knee strikes and kicks. And I was doing my own Tommy impression every time he lands those kicks. Every time. Like, let's make that a a running gag right now. Every time Nick Jackson does those kicks, we ought to sound like Tommy Oliver. Got to throw my Power Ranger reference out there again. It's number two. 
So <clears throat> there was one part when Nick got Kenny in the running bulldog position. He runs at at Hangman Page, flips him off, and does a close and he clotheslined him while hitting the bulldog on Kenny Omega, which I thought was awesome. We had Nick doing a sunset flip into a scorpion deathlock, and Kenny makes the save with the Katuro Crusher. Omega, he was looking for that Terminator dive. <laughs> Gotta do it. He was looking for the Topek on Hilo, but Matt super kicks him. That's super kick count number one. Matt Jackson stops Kenny from tagging Hangman Page, and he spits in Page's face, which payback is a bitch. You know what I'm saying? Matt Jackson, he hit a pile driver on Kenny for a near fall. You had Omega, he made a tag to Paige, and he runs wild on the Bucks and on the young Bucks, or the Bucks of youth. Oh, wait, broke. Hey, broken self, get out of here. There we go. Now, he runs wild on the young Bucks. Paige does an acai moonsault on the outside, hitting Matt and Nick Jackson, and lands on his feet. Hey, um, Charlotte Flair, that's how you do a moonsault. You don't just do a backflip. <laughs> I'm sorry, I gotta throw that cheap jab out there. Paige turns Nick Jackson inside out with a lariat. He throws Nick to his to the to his corner to Matt's corner. Like he wants Matt Jackson. He points at him. I want you. I want you. And Matt looked at him. He's like, just give it tag me in. So they both traded strikes. Omega and Paige, they hit an assisted pop-up release German suplex, which like Matt Jackson. The way he landed, I felt he landed on the back of his fucking neck. It looked brutal as shit. But at least he got his hands up for protection. Omega then hit a gut-wrench powerbomb on Matt for a near fall. We had Nick Jackson with a running knee strike in the in the turnbuckle on Page with an enziguri. And he super kicks Omega, which is super kick count number two. Nick Jackson, he hit Paige with a slingshot destroyer for a near fall. We had an assisted Cheeky Nandos, which technically counts as a super kick, so that's number three. And the I-95, which was inspired by Motor City Machine Guns, for a near fall when Kenny made the save. This is where I started to lose my mind. Hangman Page, fucking Hangman Page... He fakes the super kick and he kicks him right in the knee, which com- the commentators mentioned a villainous kick to the knee, which was a hint at Marty. And he, Hangman Page, he does Marty Skrull's cross face chicken ring pose. Like he does the pose and applies it, which got a big pop from Chicago. And Matt escapes while Nick hits the 450 splash for a near fall. Chance of this is awesome. Yeah, Omega hitting the You Can't Escape on Matt. Hangman follows it up with a standing shooting star press. Kenny with a moonsault. And then Paige hits Nick with an avalanche blockbuster suplex for a near fall. Paige, he then powerbombs Nick. And Omega follows it up with a V-trigger to the back of the head for a near fall, which was broken up by Matt Jackson. We had um, AEW Chance... While Kenny makes the tag, we had V-Triggers by Kenny, 
on the Young Bucks. He hits two Snapdragon suplexes on Nick and follows it up with a Tiger Driver 98 for a close near fall. Then there's chance of fight forever, which at this point, I want them to fight forever. I would have them go 60 minutes for all I care. Omega V-triggers Nick to the back of the head and is looking for an avalanche one-winged angel. And I thought, oh, this is going to be it. This is going to be it. But Nick fights out of it and he turns it into a poison Rana. Matt hits a Northern Lights suplex party on, on page. The first one, he takes him out of the ring into the entrance ramp and he just blasts him with those suplexes. We had an AEW chant. Young Bucks hit the indie taker while Matt told Nick to get your ass up on to Nick and he's and then we hit the indie taker which looked brutal spiking him it it sounded brutal as well right on the ramp and the crowd was just booing the living shit out of the young bucks they got three super kicks three super kicks now i know i forgot to mention that we had a pile driver spot in this match. And when was the last time we've seen a pile driver? When was the last time we've seen a pile driver? It just looked amazing. And executed perfectly. So they hit the golden trigger. Which shades of Kota Ibushi and Kenny Omega. And Kenny kicks out at one. And it fires him up. Now the Young Bucks. They super kick him again. Which enters number seven. For a near fall. Matt, he stepped on the taped shoulder of Omega, which is the end of shoulder. Well, the injured shoulder. And Nick stops him from making it worse. And Matt, his hand was shaking. He's like, oh my God, what the hell have I done? What the hell have I done to my friend? And he was just, he's like, we got to do this. We got to do this. So they look for the Meltzer driver, but Paige stops him. And he power bombs Nick through a table on the outside. We had... A buckshot V-trigger comp... I don't like saying combination, but I just call it the buckshot V-trigger for a close near fall. I thought this was it. I thought that was going to be the end of the match. Fight forever chance galore. Omega looks for the one-wing danger, but his shoulder was too damaged for to land it. So, Matt escapes and hits a super kick, which is number eight. We have super kick number eight. And Omega tags in pa- Page and... He hits the one-winged angel of his own, and I know I'm going to be get crapped on this, but I think Hangman Page does a better one-winged angel than Kenny Omega. Don't shoot me. Don't punch me. Don't super kick me, please. That's just my opinion. It looked really good on Hangman's part. So, it was broken up by Nick Jackson. We have Page. He hit a buckshot lariat on Nick on the entrance ramp. And he hit a buckshot lariat on Matt, and he pins him to win and retain the AEW Tag Team Championship. Holy shit. That's all I can say. This match was fucking phenomenal. It was absolutely incredible. This, And I mentioned in the beginning, this was tag team wrestling at its finest. The storyline, the chemistry was amazing. And it shows that tag team wrestling is alive. Seriously, do yourself a favor and watch this match. You will not be disappointed. I'm telling you right now. You will not be disappointed. This makes you proud to be a fan of pro wrestling. 
It really does. And we had a nice little tease. Like, Hangman Page was... He dropped the title. He was teasing a buckshot lariat on Omega, but he's like, you know what? Let's go. Let's go. And he celebrates by drinking beer. I love it. I absolutely love it. Who... Who does who do they drop the title to? I don't know. Maybe a debut revival in April. Maybe. I could see that. I definitely see that. But and I kind of like it. I don't know. Let's find out. So I gave this a five out of five. Literally a perfect match. It gets a five out of five. What I thought was a come down match was the AEW Women's Championship between Chris Statlander and Nyla Rose. I want to say it was decent. It's just that the crowd was absolutely exhausted from this match. And I think the problem with this is, I believe Chris was dealing with the flu at the time during this match. And I, I just think it kind of did more damage and it's not Chris's fault. I just felt like they had no chemistry. And it just led to a thumbs down match. Um, all I could say, it was just, eh, this was the weakness for AEW. That women's division is weak. I'm sorry. And I know they can do better. They have the power to do so. And... Like, all I'm going to say is it was, like, these women, they worked hard, but it just, it was just terribly bad. That's all I could say on that. But let's talk about the match. Nyla's attire was inspired by um, Deathstroke, which props to Nyla because apparently she likes comic books. She came out dressed up like um, Black Orchid from Killer Instinct in Fighter Fest. And she looked good doing it. So... Nyla hit a shoulder tackle, but she botched the, but Chris Atlander, she botched the kip up, which sadly it looked bad. Chris tried to go for the spear, like she tried to go for the dive, or I think it was a suicide spear on the entrance ramp, and Nyla just walked out, just walked away from it like, nah, not my problem. So Nyla then hits a diving spear for a two count. Chris... Hits a super kick on Nyla Rose. Both women are down. Chris does the end of school of Jay Lethal, which is multiple suicide dives. And I was laughing my ass off when JR literally shitted on the suicide dive. He does not like it. I laughed my fucking ass off. <laughs> oh my goodness. That was the best part of that commentary, Matt, for commentating right there. Nyla, she drapes Chris looking for on the ropes, looking for a diving knee strike, but Chris, handstands out of it, and she rolls over and blows a kiss and cradles her into a roundhouse kick, boops her on the nose, and hits a DDT for a near fall, which I thought was a pretty nice spot. We had Nyla, she applied the STF on Chris. She hits a beast bomb, but Chris Statlander kicks out. Chris... Looked like she hit a superplex, but it was completely, completely botched right there. And it's not the, it's not her fault. I'm, I'm just saying, it's not her fault. You have Nyla climbing up the top rope. She counters the top rope Rana. 
hits the avalanche beast bomb on the second rope. It, it looked pretty nasty. And she retained the AEW women's title. And I put on my notes, unfortunately, this wasn't that good. Crowd was exhausted from AEW's tag team championship match. I know that Chris was sick, but it felt slow and lethargic. The women's division desperately needs some work as it is the weakest in AEW right now. And I also put on a note, upgrade the size of that women's title because it looks like a toy. It really looks like a toy. Just saying. But I give this one, as I'm being lenient, I'm giving this a 2 out of 5. That's what I give it. A solid 2 out of 5. Cody versus MJF. Um, what can I say about this? This was old school. Absolutely old school match right here. Now, you had down straight. They, they performed Cody's entrance, which... Let me be honest. Let me be honest. It sounded awful. It sounded awful. But at least they tried. <laughs> I, I mean... I'm being completely real. And it's no offense to these guys. It just sounded so bad. You had Stefan Amell there in Cody's corner during his entrance. MJF was rocking that robe. And his theme still sounds like synth farts. <laughs> I gotta be honest. Um, So we start things off. MJF, he, ponder, he powders out for the first part of the match. Cody hits a Rhodes uppercut, fouls it up with a Cody cutter, only for a one count. Um, Cody runs all the way to the tunnel and runs back to hit a clothesline on MJF to the ring for a two count. MJF flips out and pokes Cody in the eye and steps on the broken toe, which they mentioned that he injured his toe during his steel cage match with uh, Wardlow. Cody did. Now, Cody spins him around and then hits the Alabama Slammer. I always like saying that. I love saying Alabama Slam, but saying it in that term. Now, Wardlow, he drags MJF out of the ring, and Brandy, she throws she throws beer at him. And my first, like, I was like, she's, she's, about, to, she's about to get killed. And I'm thinking, she's, she's playing bait for, uh, for um, Cody. So, Warlow looks at her like, you are going to die. I was hoping Brandy would cartwheel like Cody does all the time. Like, cartwheels out of it and just, <laughs> Cody hits a dive and he, he literally stomps on uh, Wardlow. But, <laughs> it was a gr great distraction right there. Now, Wardlow, he posts Cody and MJF sends him shoulder fir first to the ring post. We had a hammerlock powerbomb by MJF for a two count. He Irish whips him on the turnbuckle, which looked brutal, for a two count. He works on the arm or the shoulder of Cody so he can, so he can apply the Fujiwara armbar or the salt of the earth armbar, and which he does. And Cody gets his teeth on the ropes to break it. MJF removes Cody's boot, and this is where I literally said, you sick fuck. He removes his boot, and he bites the injured toe, which was just fucking brutal. MJF is a sadistic heel. 
and a, and like I mentioned, he is a sick motherfucker. Cody hit um, a slice bread stunner off the top rope, and MJF oversold the shit out of it. <laughs> he oversold the living shit out of it. Cody hit a disaster kick with his uh, with the barefooted with the barefoot the injured toe. Arn Anderson he grabs the chair to get Warlow's attention. And then you see MJF being busted open. It looked like he bladed himself. I don't know. Cody with the snap power slam on MJF for a two count. MJF then stomps on Co- stomps Cody on the broken toe, hits a heat seeker, and tries to pin Cody with his feet under the ro- on the ropes. And Paul Turner's reaction was just hilarious. Like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? You, you can't do that. And I could clearly see it. So, on the outside, Brandy, she was about to do a crossbody, and Wardlow catches her, and about to go for the F10, and Cody tells Wardlow, put her down, put her down, so he puts her down, goes to kick um, Wardlow, but he accidentally kicks on Anderson, MJF, while the ref was being distracted, and looking at on Anderson, attending for on, he low blows Cody, rolls him up, only for a two count. They did the suplex spot over the ropes, which was just a scary spot. It was an inspiration of Tiger Mask and Dynamite Kid. Yeah, both men, they traded strikes. Cody does the dusty punches and is looking for the bionic elbow, but MJF plays possum and he hits the double cross on Cody for a near fall. MJF then takes off Cody's weight belt and he was looking to whip him, but Paul Turner takes it away from him. And while his back was turned, Cody low blowed him and hits a vertebraker for a near fall, which looked nice. You had MJF, he whips M- You had Cody, he whipped MJF twice with the weight belt. And MJF, like a little baby, was cowering in the corner. Like your parents are giving you a whooping and you know it was coming. Or when you find out you're in trouble and they're coming for you, your parents are coming to give you a spanking, you cower in fear. And he was crawling to Cody's foot, holding him, like crying, apologizing, like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. (laughs) And he hugs him like, I'm sorry. And then he spits in his face. Cody, not amused, hits two crossroads and... The third one, Rhodes, um, MJF avoided, and he hits Cody with the ring that was really in his trunks. I don't know how long he kept that in, to pick up the win. This was a right outcome, and Cody, he looked good in defeat. He put over a new talent, and that's what you got to do. MJF was really good in his role, and he played it very well. So, I just felt it had that old school vibe. MJF is more than likely going to be challenging for the world title someday in the future. Just going to have to wait and see. I give this match um, a 3.5 out of 5. I thought it was really good. Pac versus Orange Cassidy. Pac versus Orange Cassidy. I told people, if you don't know who Orange Cassidy is and you see him as a joke, the dude can fucking wrestle. I've seen it with my own eyes. I've seen it live and beyond wrestling. Before an AEW even existed, you had Joey Janela and Penelope Ford teaming up with Martha Martina and uh, 
well, not teaming up. They took on the team of Moth Martina and Orange Cassidy. And this guy fucking wowed me. He wowed me, and he wowed everybody in this match. Oh, I, I love the um, introduction <laughs> when Justin Roberts said, from wherever, weighing whatever. <laughs> oh, my God. That's hilarious. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And you look at his pyro, it's just, it was so easily done. <laughs> I freaking love Orange Cassidy. I freaking love Orange Cassidy. This dude is hilarious. So the crowd is chanting, he's going to try. And the bell rings. The match hasn't even started, and they were chanting, holy shit. Cassidy tries to do the putting his hands in his pocket, and Pac stops him. But Cassidy takes him down, and he proceeds to put his hands in his pockets after the takedown. Crowd's chanting, this is awesome. You had Pac and Cassidy doing the best kickoffs in, in wrestling history. Probably the best kick trades that I've ever seen. <clears throat> and just after that, Pac shoves him. Crowd is chanting, fight forever. You had Cassidy, he hit a drop kick. He hit a drop kick on uh Pack with his hands in his pocket, and he kips up with a huge applause. Cassidy does a hip toss on Pack with his hands in his pocket. And he Pack changes the momentum with a tilt-a-whirl backbreaker, which looked fluid and fast as hell. That looked brutal. It really looked brutal. He hits a shotgun drop kick on Cassidy. Crowds chanting no pulp and I believe it was Excalibur who said, well, I hope he's got some pulp left, which <laughs> that was nice. That was absolutely nice and hilarious. Um, Pac then hit an avalanche brain buster. And when I was watching it live, I was literally screaming, brain buster! That's like my low key thing. Every time I see someone hit a brain buster uh, for a two count, as he picks up Orange Cassidy, Pack looks for the black arrow and Orange Cassidy rolls out of the ring. Crowd chants, holy shit. And they were chanting, this is wrestling. In which Cassidy was smiling and it brought a smile in Pac's face and he was applauding. Cassidy then hits a suicide dive, follows it up with a crossbody, hits a DDT, spiking Pack for a near fall. Now, Orange Cassidy, he hit a Superman punch, which was way better than Roman Reigns. He hit a Superman punch, and the crowd is losing their minds. Follows it up with Stun Dog Millionaire. Hits another DDT. Follows it up with a diving DDT. And Pac rolls out of the entrance ramp. Trent rolls him back to the ring, and Orange Cassidy hits the air raid crash for a near fall. So, the Lucha Brothers came out. And this is a minor nitpick. When you see Phoenix, Phoenix, running... Like, right past you. Why would you stand there? <laughs> Why would you stand there? My first instinct would be to just throw your ass out. But that's just my minor nitpick. It's just me. <laughs> I'm just being honest. So, they take out Trent. Lucha Bros are brawling with best friends. All of the ramp and into the backstage. Pack applies the Brutalizer and Orange Cassidy taps out. 
this was awesome. This was absolutely awesome, and it was entertaining. And for people who shit on Orange Cassidy, I hope your eyes are open. And if it's not, open your fucking eyes. Orange Cassidy can wrestle, ladies and gentlemen. I gave this match, and I know your rating scale is different from mine, but I gave it a 3.95 out of 5. I thought it was very great, and well, I thought it was really good and um, entertaining to watch. Orange Cassidy was the MVP of um, of that match right there. That even ESPN said that Orange Cassidy is their favorite wrestler. <laughs> then we get the main event. Then we get the main event. Jan Moxley. Versus Le Champion, uh, the master of a little bit of the bubble, Chris Jericho. Both of these guys had great entrances. First, Moxley, he walks from the outside into the arena, being a badass as always. Jericho, he got Meredith Bell, who did the acapella version of Judas on Twitter, got her and the Inner Circle Choir to sing his entrance, which everybody was singing. I mean... It would be a sin if you don't sing Judas. That would be your biggest sin right there. Now, Aubrey Edwards is the referee for this match. Both men, they brawled after the bell rang. They worked in the crowd. Moxley, was thrown, Moxley he got water thrown at him. And Jericho attacks him with it. He takes a cameraman's camera and does the New Japan spot where he... Takes it, films it, and flips him off, which I thought was nice. And, um, <laughs> I thought that was awesome. Jericho throws a barricade at Moxley. Moxley then chops Jericho, and he bites the stitches on Jericho, which, that is one sick fuck right there. Jericho then sends Moxley in the ring post, and Moxley is bleeding. He power bombs him to the timekeeper's table on the outside. And he goes outside and rings the bell and declares himself the winner, in which I laughed because Jericho knows how to reinvent himself. Crowd is chanting stupid idiot at Jericho, and what does Jer- and how does Jericho respond? Flipping them off. Moxley chops Jericho after he got forearmed in the head. Jericho sent Moxley chest first in the turnbuckle. While um <clears throat> while Jericho's distracting Aubrey Edwards. Proud and powerful, they attack Moxley. Jericho sends Moxley shoulder first in the steel steps. He had Jericho, he attempts a superplex, but Moxley escapes by pancaking him and hitting a diving clothesline on him. Jericho's looking for the lion tamer after countering the dropkick, but Moxley, he escapes it, and I thought this was a nice counter right there. He escapes out of it and applies a heel hook, and Jericho... Got to the ropes. Moxley then hit a suicide dive on the back of Jericho's head. Followed it up on back in the ring with Moxley hitting the running knee strike for a two count. Now Ortiz, he hits Moxley with the mad ball after Santana distracts Aubrey. And Jericho takes advantage of this, hits the lion salt for a near fall. While Jericho was grounding and pounding Moxley, he takes Moxley's blood. 
from his head, like from the side of his head, and he just wipes it on his face. And I thought that was awesome. Moxley then applies the Boston Crab on Jericho, but Hager comes out and he gets attacked. Jericho hits the code breaker for a near fall. In which Jericho, he then applies the Lion Tamer on Moxley. Moxley makes it to the ropes, and Jericho, being a heel, argues with Aubrey Edwards. And I love the back and forth between Aubrey and Jericho. Because <laughs> I, I love seeing Aubrey's an intensity when she doesn't want to be pushed around. So, Jericho, so Moxley hits a bl- backdrop suplex. Hager, right in front of Aubrey, hits Moxley, and she immediately catches it. And she tells Santana, Ortiz, and Hager, you're out of here. Get your ass out of this. Get your ass out of here. You're ejected. So while that was going on, Sammy Guevara came out and hit hit Moxley with the um, the AEW World Title, and he immediately um, escapes. And Jericho goes for the cover, but only for a two count. Jericho hits Moxley with multiple forms, but it fires him up, and they trade strikes back and forth. You have Moxley looking for a paradigm shift, but he rakes the good eye, so making him blind, to say the least. Um, Jericho hits a diving knee, knee drop on Moxley, and as he does, he looks for the Judas effect, but Moxley hits a snap paradigm shift, and he sh- he was about to go for the cover, but he looks down, takes off the eye patch, and done, done, done. It was all a ruse. It was all a ruse, and he was fine the whole time. And he played possum, hits the paradigm shift, elevated style, to win the AEW World Championship. This was a really good match, and the right outcome, and it was Moxley. Time. It was Moxley's time. And the reason why, in my honest opinion, which I read, the reason why Jericho lost the title to John Moxley, number one, it was his time already. And number two, Jericho's going to be touring with Fozzie in April. So I could see that being a reason. And it, it was it was good. It was good, but I give it a 3.99 out of 5. So Moxley, he celebrates his win, and he says that he loves this shit. And he said it with passion. You could tell by someone's voice that he is passionate about the sport that he loves. He loves professional wrestling. He said it's been a hell of a year for him. And this championship win, this moment belongs to the fans because they drive this company. Moxley mentioned um, that one year ago they talked about bringing pro wrestling back. And they did just that. And it's whiskey hour for him. They try to cut him off like, yo, yo, what the fuck? I'm not finished yet. And so he sends the crowd off happy. And that was pretty much it. And that was AEW Revolution. And I look at the poll results. This is what we, we're at right now. We are at <clears throat> 100% thumbs up, which you can still vote. The Phoenix poll. We're at 100% thumbs up. No percent. 0% thumbs down. This was a great show. A really great show. And I give it a solid A. Not an A minus, not an A plus, but a solid A. Because if you see what AEW is doing, 
they're focusing on the future. They're foc- They're not doing the now thing. They're focusing on future talent. They're trying to get the newer guys over for people who aren't familiar with them. That's what I love about AEW. That's what I love. And they're going to get more people supporting them. Now, I want to mention this. Renee Young was backstage. She watched her husband compete and win the title. And she was very happy for him. Very happy for him. And I don't know how WWE will feel about it, but it's Renee Young. She could do whatever the fuck she wants. She's a grown-ass woman. You're not going to fire her. That's going to lead to a lot of backlash. But this was a great show. want to know what you guys think. Did you enjoy AEW Revolution? What were your pros and cons about the show? You can follow me on Twitter at ShinoDPhoenix. You could um, like the Facebook page, No One's Ready for Wrestling. And follow me on Instagram at CoolManSip. And I will see you guys next time for episode 55 of No One's Ready for Wrestling. Until then, take care, be safe, just support wrestling as much as you can. And I'm going to go get a sip of water. So... (laughs) I'll see you guys later. Uh, Peace out.